That's all I've got right now. So if you've got your Bible, turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going we're gonna to look at one word today. And I could probably just say this one word and we just go home. Because it means so much to each one of us. But we're going to look at the word hope. Hope. I love that word hope. And you look at our lives right now, and every one of us can say that in our lives that trouble is a part of our life. I can't. I have to do this. I mean, Judy married into it. Judy married trouble. If you look at it, I told VJ, Keith was already wearing him out during Sunday school today. I was going to lay off of him, but trouble is a part of our life. Judy married trouble. We all go through things, but the matter, what matters is how we go through things. How do we go through the things of this life? How do we go through the troubles in our life? Do we sit back and just let trouble take us, take us on and, and do its thing? Or do we fight back? Do we retaliate? Do we go at it with the Word of God? Do we fight? Do we stand strong? How do we fight the troubles in this life? Well, we fight it with hope. We go into this life, we go into all the troubles that go at us with a hope with a blessed hope from Jesus Christ, would go at uh, troubles with the hope that he will be there with us to fight with us. We go through these troubles in life with the hope that not just Jesus, but the brothers and sisters in Christ that we have, that they will go through this trouble with us because we have to, we have, to have each other to go through this. More importantly, we have to have Jesus, but we also need to have each other as we go through this trouble. So this morning we're going we're gonna to look at uh, at hope and make sure that each one of you, I know I got it, we'll make sure that each one of y'all have this, this hope and make sure that you understand what this blessed hope is. We know that it's something that we look forward to, but what is the basis of your hope? Now, this morning I would love to be able to stand up here and sing. Number one, I'm barely able to talk right now, and I figure James probably have to crank me up after a while if I get talking much more. I'm losing my voice again. But the song that my home church, Willow Valley, they sang this, it seems like they sung this every single Sunday. And, and I'm going to read you the words to it because I love this song so much because there's so much power behind it. But when they sang it, they sang it, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness, I love this. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. <laughs> In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, <laughs> he then is all my hope and stay. And the course is on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's hope. That's hope. If you got your Bible, stand with me just a moment. Romans eight eighteen. 
Bible says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth that he is the mind, he is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Lord, this morning is a we finally made it back to your house. Lord, we just thank you for your healing hand, your protection. Lord, we thank you for that blessed hope that each one of us should have. And God, I pray today as we we look at this scripture, as we preach your word, I pray, God, that we can search our hearts and make sure that we do have that hope in our hearts, that hope and that blessed assurance of knowing who you are and what you have done and what you're going to do and how you're going to get us through these troubles and trials and, and all these storms of our lives. God, I pray that we can place our hope in your son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, as a, a nation continues to mourn 21 years later, I pray that you continue to, to bless this great nation that we live in. Lord, as, uh, we remember those that, that died 21 years ago today in New York and in uh, D.C. And Lord, the ones that died in Pennsylvania, I pray, God, that their families are honored today. And God, as uh, we look across the big pond, as we look at uh, those that are mourning the loss of the queen, God, I pray that... Uh, you would just bless them as well. Lord, she had a, she had a testimony. And Lord, I've read it and I've heard her. And Father, I pray that through uh, the way she lived and the way that she spoke, Lord, I pray that she, uh, through her life, was able to bring others to Christ. And I pray again for just a, a great blessing on that nation as well as they mourn. And Lord, today, just be with us as we preach. Lord, just uh, place a, a hand of healing upon those that are sick. And Lord, just be uh, an encouragement to those that are struggling today. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You have a seat. Why, why do I have hope? I, I'd like to be able to stand up here this morning and say, why do you have hope? But I'm not going to be able to do that. I can't do that. I'm not able to speak on your behalf. Sorry, wrong denomination. Those are Catholics. This is Baptist. This is between you and God. You know why you have hope. I know why I have hope. And I'm going to give you five reasons this morning why I have hope. And I hope 
that you can find some hope in my hope this morning, okay? I got great hope. I have hope because suffering is only temporary. If you get nothing else out of this this morning, I just want you to remember that. Suffering in this life is only temporary. We know that this life is only temporary, but the suffering that we go through, the troubles, the storms that we go through. How many times have you been through, and I'm not going to talk about a physical storm like in your life, but how many times have we seen a rainstorm or a thunderstorm or a tornado or a hurricane come through our life? We've all seen it, a bunch. Are they still going? No. Storms are temporary. A hurricane comes through. It might last a few days or a week or something like that. It might linger a little while, but it's just for a little while. That storm is temporary. Those thunderstorms that we've had over the past couple weeks, some of us, I don't know about y'all, but we've had a few, they're temporary. That storm came. We seen some lightning. We heard some thunder. We got a little rain, but it moved on because it's temporary. The storms in your life that you go through, the troubles in your life that you're going through right now are only temporary. It's only going to last for just a little while. And we, t- we tend to think about these, we just focus on these storms. We get so hung up on them, it's just, oh, woe is me. And we just get so caught up in this storm, we feel like it's going to last forever. But the Bible has told us, verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to can be to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us because it is only temporary. It is only just for a brief moment. Now, the, the, I, I love my, my definitions. The word temporary means lasting for only a limited period of time, not permanent. I like that. I like the fact that what I'm going through right now is only for a limited time. It's not permanent. Period. Whatever you're going through, whether it's, it's marital or school or financial or work, whatever it might be, whatever your trouble might be, just know that it's only temporary. And just know that you need to find hope in Jesus Christ to get you through that problem. We're all going to have aches and pains. We're all going to have health issues. All going to have health issues. I'm sorry, we're not exempt from that. And the older I get, the more I realize that not exempt from the physical pains of this life but we do know that for the most part what we go through is temporary covid last week that this right here is what i've been i was reading last week i knew that it was only temporary now how long is temporary i don't know because it's still lingering right now but it's only temporary some of you might be having problems that no one knows about some of y'all having problems that that ain't even health related Whatever your problem is, just know that it is temporary. Just remember that it's only here for a little while. Family problems, marriage problems, work problems. Think about the kids. They've been in school two, three (coughs) weeks now, and they're crazy. They've about lost their minds already. Just remember, it's only temporary. We can go on. Every one of us could probably write a list as long as you are about the troubles and the trials that we're going through right now, the storms that, that we are battling individually. But I'll sum up all your problems with this. It's only temporary. I have hope because I know that my troubles are temporary. I have that kind of hope. My encouragement to each one of y'all is this. To remember that it's temporary. It's, again, lasting for only a limited period of time. It is not 
permanent. Troubles are not permanent. They're just for a little while. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. Here's another definition for you. Lasting or existing forever without end. Temporary. Just for a little while. Eternal is forever. You need to remember that. The things of this life are temporal, are temporary. But the things that God has set up for us in the future, the things that he has got for us lined up in heaven, those are eternal. The only thing down here that we have that's eternal is our salvation. We have that here on earth right now. That's what's going to last forever is we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is eternal. And ain't nobody taking that away from us. Ain't nobody taking that away from us. That's eternal. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. All right, Not, not a lot of people know this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this right now. If you're taking notes, write this down. You're going through trouble right now. Probably every one of us has got something going on. Here's your little secret. You're going to get through that, but you're going to get another one. You're going to get another trouble. You're going to get another trial. You're going to get another storm in your life. Just because you're through one right now doesn't mean you're exempt and you'll never go through anything else. You're going to go through something else. Remember that. Trials are temporary. Troubles are temporary. Salvation is eternal. My Jesus is eternal. He will last forever. Your salvation will last forever. We're not exempt from any of the troubles in this world. Seems like, I don't know about y'all, but it seems like you get over one and then another one pops right back up. It's just like, whew, man, we made it. Thank you, Jesus. And then, boom, there's another one. It, just, it never fails. Sometimes we get a lot of them at one time. But just remember, it's all temporary. Secondly, I've got hope because Jesus is coming back. Again, this is just me. This is just, just my points. I hope y'all got them too. But I've got hope because I know he's coming back. Verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected <coughs> the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, not just mankind was affected by sin. It was not just Adam and Eve and then the generations to come. The Bible tells us the earth as well. So we know that during the fall of man, what happened? We know that that they realized they was naked and they had to be clothed. And then there's, you know, again, you women, when you get to heaven, you can have a long chat with Eve because she's the reason you have pain when you birth. We know that. We know that. But it, there's more to it than just the fall of man and then the sinful nature that we have. The Bible fl flat out tells us that sin affected the earth as well. And this says over in Genesis 3, it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. 
In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of, out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So everybody kind of thinks, well, because of Adam and Eve, we have a sinful nature. Well, because of Adam and Eve, we got to chop thistles. Because of Adam and Eve, Nat spends his summers hunkered over weeding out his garden. You can thank Eve for that too when you get there, all right? That, there's more to it. The earth is suffering as well. This life on earth is temporary, and this earth is temporary. No one knows when, but... I promise you this, Jesus is going to be coming back. He's going to return, and when he does, I pray that each one of you is ready. I pray that you're going to be ready for this. Again, this life is temporary. This earth is temporary. First Thessalonians, I read this, I only usually read this at a funeral, but I'm going to read it today. First Thessalonians 4.13 says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another also with these words. Now listen to that. With these words, the trumpet will sound, the archangel is going to shout, and the dead in Christ will rise. And the Bible tells us right there, those Christians that remain will be taken up in the air with Jesus. So, I have hope knowing that Jesus is coming. I've got hope knowing that there will be a second coming of my Lord Jesus Christ. I know that it will happen. Will it happen in my lifetime? Lord, I pray it happens in my lifetime. I'm ready to go. But if not, if I'm dead and gone, I'll make a promise on my deathbed that he's still coming. I know he's going to come, I just don't know when. But I have hope in knowing that Jesus is coming back. Because this earth is temporary. Our life here is only temporary. No matter how terrible things get on earth, I know that he's going to come back. I know it. I have hope because he will return. Thirdly, I have hope because I'm on my way to heaven, which kind of ties into the fact that he's coming back. Verse 22 says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Verse 25 says, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We're all groaning right now. 
I was groaning trying to stand up a while ago. Every one of us is groaning. We're all in some type of pain or some type of agony. We're all groaning. Now, we might not have body pains. We might not have back pains or leg pains or head pains or any of that stuff. But inside, we're still groaning. Inside, there's still something eating at us. Inside, there's some type of misery, some type of something that's going on inside of us, and it makes us groan. It makes us utter. Listen, let me just give you a definition of groan real quick. Groaning is a low, mournful sound uttered in pain or grief. I don't believe there's one of us this morning that's here that can say that we don't have any pain or any grief. Every one of us, and we might even have both at one time right now, Every one of us is in some type of pain, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it might be. We're all in some type of pain right now, this very moment. And we're all in grief. Grief never goes away. There are days that I'll wake up or I'll go to work, and y'all might think I'm crazy, but if I pass a yellow crane, not a bird crane, a crane that picks up building material, if I pass a crane, I will lose it. Because I'm still grieving, I'm still mourning over my grandpa. I don't ever want that to go away. There are things in this life that will reflect back on us, and it will make us think about someone that we love dearly that's gone away, and we will grieve. We will grieve for as long as we're here on earth. Because of the fall of man, we are all in some kind of pain, and we're all in some type of form of grief. And as a Christian, we long for a day that we get to go home. We're all longing. I don't know about y'all, but I'm longing for that day. Life is challenging, but church, this isn't it. This isn't all that there is here on this for us at this moment. This is not just it. What we see in this lifetime is not it. The pain and the suffering and the struggling that you're going through, the grief that you're going through right now, this ain't it. It gets better. This is temporary. What you're going through right now will go away because we're heading home. We've got our eyes focused. My eyes are set. I'm ready to go. I'm heading to heaven. So everything that goes on in my life right now, it's just going to be passing by. As I go through a storm, I'm going to pass on by that storm because I'm focused on where I'm going. I, I have hope because I know that I'm going home. John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, <coughs> sorry guys, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That should give you hope right there, that we are going to pass from death unto life. Some people will be sitting there thinking, that don't make sense. You can't do that. Yeah, you can. As a Christian, that's exactly what happens to each one of us. We will pass from this life, from this, this time and place. We are going to pass on into life. We're going to die and then live again. That is a promise out of John right there, but is passed from death into life. So I know when I die, I know where I'm going. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident. I love that little word right there. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident 
Now, I'm not arrogant confident. I'm confident in knowing that I am saved. I'm confident in my salvation. I was talking to a preacher Friday. Me and him were talking. He went through some extremely rough times the past, I think he said, nine months. He said it was so rough in his household that he would come to church and he'd stand behind the pulpit and he would doubt his salvation. He, and like any preacher, they'll tell you, you might doubt your salvation, you'll never doubt your call to preach. But he said he would get up there and he'd be preaching, and he said the devil worked him over so hard that he thought twice about his salvation. That's how the devil works. Preachers ain't exempt. Preachers ain't exempt from that, by no means. But he said he'd stand and he'd preach, and he'd preach with confidence in his salvation. And he would preach in confidence in his call to preach. He had that type of confidence. I'm confident in my salvation. I'm secure in my salvation. I have hope in my salvation. I'm that confident. Fourth thing, I have hope because the Holy Spirit intercedes for me. Now this one, uh, this, is a, this is a big deal for a Christian. For us Protestant Christians, us Baptists or whatever you want to call us, this is the big one for us. Because we know the Holy Spirit is what's interceding on our behalf. There, I can't do it. Folks, I can pray for y'all all day long. I, my, uh, well, I just got a family member that's been really sick. Cancer. They had to go in, do some work. And they called and said, would you pray with us? And, of course, because of COVID rules, they, I couldn't go be with them, so I had to do everything by phone. So I prayed with them over the phone. I stand at the gas station when they called, and I'm pumping gas and praying, and everybody's looking at me funny. That's all right. I get that anyway when I ain't praying. So we're praying over the phone, and then a few days later, they get the test results back, and they said, because of your prayer, they can't find any cancer. And I said, it's not my prayer. It's not my prayer. I'm not like that. I'm not interceding on your behalf. I said, the Holy Spirit heard your groanings, the Holy Spirit heard my groanings for them because I struggled with them big time. This is, it was a shock. It's not me. She said, when I see you next time, I want to give you a big hug for your prayer. It's not me. The Holy Spirit is interceding on their behalf. It's the Holy Spirit that hears the groaning. It hears the cry. The Holy Spirit knows when we need that comforter because it is the great comforter. And so the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf and is speaking on our behalf to the Father. It ain't me. It ain't me. It ain't the preacher. It ain't the priest. It is the Holy Spirit, the one that intercedes for us. Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also help us our, helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth that, or what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, there are times when you don't know what to pray or even how to pray. There's times when you get down and you're like, Lord, I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to start. Where can I start? You've got so much on your plate. You've got so many troubles, so many storms. You've got so much weighing on you right now. I don't know where to start. He says, that's okay. I can kick this thing off for you. I'll start it for you because I know what you're going through. I know your groanings. I know how bad it is. He will help. The Holy Spirit helps. 
Uh, Jonathan, I don't know if y'all do this still or not, but, but when, we, when I worked at Samaritan's Purse, when we do devotions in the morning, we'd have like the whole table would pray or a couple people get together and pray. So the, the, it wasn't as a joke, but it wasn't a joke. We would always say, I'll dial, you hang up. Y'all do that. Have you heard that yet? So you can use that next time you go to work. What that means is I'll start the prayer and you finish. That's what that means. I'll dial, you hang up. <clears throat> That's what this is. The Holy Spirit will dial, and then eventually you'll be able to hang up. Eventually, you'll be able to continue on in that prayer. It's going to start. He'll start working in you, and he'll start that prayer out for you between you and God. He'll start it out for you, and eventually it's just like you'll just kind of step into it, and then you can finish up. And when I say finish up, it may just be amen. That might be all you can get out of your mouth. Amen. That's good enough. But just remember... You've got someone interceding on your behalf. There are times that you're so troubled that you can't pray. There's times that you're so troubled that all you can do is cry. Hey, and that's okay. That's that groaning. That's that groaning he's talking about. Just cry. Just let it go. Just let it out. That's all you need to do. The Holy Spirit is going to help you through that time as well. It knows your heart. The Holy Spirit knows your heart. He ought to know your heart. He made your heart. Jude 1.20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Remember, that's, that's kind of where you need to be going, not in, in man. Keep, our, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He knows your heart, and he's interceding for you. Everyone y'all. He is interceding. When you struggle, when you can't pray, pray. When you can't pray, cry. When you can't pray, he'll dial, you can hang up. But just know that you have somebody interceding on your behalf. Yes, I'll pray with you. I will pray for you. There ain't a soul in this church right now that wouldn't do the same thing. Every one of us will do the same thing for one another. We will help. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. But it's the Holy Spirit that's interceding on our behalf that gets it to the Father. The last thing, the fifth thing, I have hope because God has a purpose for my problems. That kind of sounds funny, don't it? There's a purpose in your problem. We've all got problems. We've all got situations. We've got storms. We've got things in our life that we cannot figure out for the love of Pete. Why am I going through this right now? It's because he's got a purpose and he's got a plan. He's going to tell you. Verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God knows what's going, on, what's going to happen to you. God knows. We don't. Ain't that the worst thing in the world? Not knowing what's going to happen. That's telling Conley a while ago. I, I can't get into a doctor until September 21st. I can't get any help until the 21st of September. And he said exactly what I was thinking. You'll be over it by then. And he's right. I probably will be. I'll probably just go away, and then they're going to laugh at me and say, you're crazy. And I'll say, yeah, I know. God knows what's going to happen to you. He knows. Well, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to experience. And the best part about it is 
It's going to make you a stronger person. It will make you a better person. Better not make you a bitter person. Better make you a better person because of what he has done for you. So it's going to beef up your testimony. When you go through these trials and tribulations in this life, it's beefing up your testimony. God knows what you're dealing with. He'll take those hurts and challenges and he'll use them to strengthen you. When you've battled and fought and, and thought you weren't going to survive because you thought that cancer was about to take you out of here, or you lay in the hospital bed after heart problems and you thought the Lord was going to take you out of here, or you've sat in a, in a car that's been hit and you thought, Lord, he, he could have just took me out of here, and you step away, you walk out of that hospital and you go home. You step out of that car and you go home. You walk out of that treatment center and you ring that bell and you go home. That beefs up your testimony. You can say, look what God done for me. Look where he provided for me. Look where he put me where I could have the best treatment. Look at where he put me so I could get the best doctors. Look at where he put me so that that car that hit me hit me in just the right place to where I didn't get hurt. Look at what he done for me. Let him, I'm telling you what, you women that are going to be able to make it, to the that uh, beauty to ashes, those four women that you're going to hear, it's going to be just like that. Look at what the Lord done for me. Look at where He provided. Look where He protected. Look where He gave me encouragement. Look where He gave me strength. Look where He showed me His love. Where look where I found hope. That's what you're going to hear. He will make you a stronger person. Second Corinthians twelve eight says, "For this thing I besought the Lord thrice." that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Why, Jesus? When I am at my weakest point, that's where we see the strength of God. When I am at my bitter end, that's where I see God's strong hand. When I can't do anything else, that's when I see the power of the Holy Spirit. It is through those weakest moments that we go through that we see the power of Christ. It is through those weakest moments. I, I, I'm thankful for those weak moments. Yeah, I'm that crazy. I'm thankful that the Lord maketh me lie down beside still water sometimes so that I can see the kind of power that he has. And I can see what it's like for him to pick me up and dust me off and experience the type of love that I cannot define. Every now and then, he's going to make you lie down beside still waters. Every now and then, he's going to knock your legs out from under you rip that rug right out from under you and you're going to fall flat on your face. I'll get it out here in a minute. I'm about to say something I shouldn't. He's going to knock you down and you're going to realize how strong he is and he's going to pick you back up and he's going to walk on with you but you're going to see his power. Isaiah 43 2 says when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when thou walkest through the fire, 
thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. That's a promise. That's a promise. Listen, I'm going to read that one more time. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. You ain't going to get wet. Think about the, the Red Sea. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, which we all, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we think about that one. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You ain't going to get wet and you ain't going to get burnt when you got the Lord by your side. He is by your side. He's going to protect you. Like the Bible tells us, thy rod and thy staff. We know that. He's going to protect us. He's going to be with us. That's what a shepherd does. He protects his flock. And that's what he's going to do for us. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. Where's your hope? You can put your hope in a lot of things in this life. But if you ain't got hope in Jesus Christ, you ain't got hope at all. Where have you placed your hope? My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all it is. My hope is built on Him and Him alone. Not this church. Not one individual person here on earth. But my hope is built on Jesus Christ, and that is it. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as we close out this service, God, we just want to thank you again for another opportunity to come to your church. Lord, we just thank you for this message. We thank you for that blessed hope, the hope that we can't find anywhere else. Lord, why search? Why in the world should we be looking anywhere else for hope when it's right here inside of us? Through the Holy Spirit, you have given us that hope that we need, that hope to get us through trials and tribulations, that hope that we need, uh, Lord, as we go through the storms of this life. You have given us that precious hope and knowing that you're going to be with us, that you're going to be by our side. God, we're going to come out the other side. We're not going to be wet. We ain't going to smell like smoke because you've been with us. You have protected us. You've given us that promise. And, Lord, we lean on that promise just like we lean on you. And I pray, God, this morning as we leave this place that each one of us has that blessed hope and that blessed assurance in our heart of salvation that we know that we know that we know that we're saved by God's grace and that we have made Jesus Christ our personal Savior. Without that, we have no hope. We have nothing. And Lord, I pray today if the, the, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit be upon somebody's heart today, Lord, as, as we've preached about that hope and they don't have that hope, that, Lord, I pray the conviction would just outweigh anything else that's going on in their life right now. And they'd come know and accept you as their Lord and Savior. And, Lord, I pray that you continue to be with this church, be with each one of us, be with us as we travel, as we go back home, and bring us back here safely for the next appointed meeting. We love you and we praise you this morning. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.